When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, baby! Hello, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between. Welcome to another installment of And the Podcast Will Rock. This is the show where we take a deep dive into the catalog, the discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. But you knew that because you're not new to the show. Of course not. But if you are new to the show, Welcome. This is a show where we talk about Van Halen songs, and uh, we do it one song at a time with a spin of the wheel. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Kamayer, with me as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, winter just will not let up down here. How's it going up there? You know, uh, we actually had a major storm on the western part of the province. Power was knocked out for two days. There was six feet of snow. Here where I live, there's, there's not a lick of snow left. It was plus seven uh, in Celsius. So just a, a gorgeous day. Uh, but, but if I can, Mark, right off the hop, I, I want to uh, recognize an awful anniversary uh, for us folks here uh, in Saskatchewan. And in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. in Canada in general, but in Saskatchewan, hockey is king. And all of our kids play hockey. And we have a junior A hockey league in Saskatchewan called the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. We have a team here in Weyburn in the, in the city that I live in. And there's one in Humboldt. And folks uh, might remember four years ago today, uh, was the Humboldt bus crash. For the folks who don't know, uh, it was a busload of, of junior A kids who were, you know, 17, 18, 19 to 20 years old, uh, hopping on a bus. They were heading up north uh, for a playoff series because the playoffs are right around April. And they were on the bus and uh, a truck driver uh, blew through a stop sign, hitting the bus, uh, completely demolishing it. Uh, half the team died. Uh, coaches, uh, support staff, the radio broadcaster, the trainer, they all uh, perished. And, and the survivors, a lot of them left paralyzed or, you know, with traumatic brain injuries and just horribly scarred from the whole event. And it really hit home for a lot of folks here in Saskatchewan. And on this date, especially uh, for folks around these parts, we always leave our hockey sticks outside the door for the boys, uh, expecting them to, to, to come back home and, and pick up the sticks and play a game. So we all have our sticks out here tonight. I'm raising a glass uh, to the victims of the Humboldt. Uh, bus crash, uh, a really cool thing. Two years later, Metallica was playing in Saskatoon and uh, James Hetfield and the boys dedicated nothing else matters to the humble Broncos. And that was just a really nice gesture. And, uh, you know, it's obviously it's a very bad uh, anniversary to be celebrating. I just wanted to acknowledge it. If I seem a little, maybe more down than, than normal, because it really hits home for a lot of us. I met a lot of those kids. We cover all their games and, you know, you know, I have kids, yeah, you know, kids playing hockey in this province is a major thing. So, um, God bless you. Uh, we'll keep the sticks out for you, boys. And uh, we all remain humble, strong. Oh, man. No, I can't even imagine. That's uh, that's a beautiful tradition, though. Uh, I wish we were a little bit more hockey savvy down here in the South. Now, I mean, we enjoy here in Nashville. We enjoy the Nashville Predator team, uh, mm-hmm. despite 
despite the heartbreak, usually season after season, with a few exceptions, they've done pretty well. But uh, yeah, I I love that, and I love uh, I love hockey, uh, basic hockey towns, man. Like you, like mm-hmm. in Canada, it just seems like if you're a hockey fan, that's that's your paradise. And so I, uh, yeah, I. I'm with you, man. I'm with uh, with everybody. Big support. Uh, God bless everybody. And uh, but not to uh, downplay it whatsoever. But there, uh, there's another sort of uh, a little bit that's more uh, in news. That's a little bit more uh, relevant, at least to our show. Uh, you were telling me that there's some Van Halen news. Can you share with the crowd what the news is? Absolutely. There was actually uh, quite a few uh, Van Halen stories this week. Uh... Wolfgang was nominated for a Grammy. Uh, so he was at the Grammys on Sunday. Unfortunately, he didn't win. Uh, but uh, Mammoth, uh, WVH, ended up having to cancel uh, the last six dates on their Young Guns tour due to COVID. So that's unfortunate for fans who mm. had tickets for that. And I think, Mark, there might have been coming your way. I was bugging you that you should uh, get on the trolley <laughs> and go check out Wolfie and Mammoth. And, and now I don't think they're coming anymore. No, I don't think they are anymore. I haven't checked the uh, the the updated list but i'm not quite sure they're going to make it over here and that's a shame i did however see wolfie's uh his little the fact that he didn't win he still made a post about not winning and how and it was very humble and it was very uh very very nice and you got to give it up to the guy for not being a a, a jerk about it it's like what didn't i i should have won i should <laughs> you know what Wolfie? you probably should have but yeah. no he was very very humble and nice about it so big ups to wolfie on that um, Absolutely. What else? What else is going on in Van Halen news? This is really cool. The city of Pasadena is going to be naming a new public stage after Van Halen. Um, and, and this just fits. Uh, if anyone out there has read Greg Radoff's book, uh, Van Halen Rising, a tremendous read. Uh, I'm, I'm almost finished my, my, my read through here. But, you know, of course, Van Halen formed around Pasadena, played a ton in Pasadena. Um, there, there was a uh, uh, on the city's website, they, they asked residents to propose a new name. Uh, Eddie Van Halen was the overall choice uh, by, you know, 10 times the next uh, possible name, right? Um, so yeah. it was going to be Eddie Van Halen stage, but then the Van Halen family had actually asked that the uh, the stage be named after the entire Van Halen band because they were all Pasadena boys. David Lee Roth was big there. Of course, his dad was a, was a doctor there and stuff. So um, it's going to be Van Halen stage. And I, I think that is a really cool way to honor Van Halen, the really cool way for the city of Pasadena to do it because they're very much a Pasadena band. So good on you, Pasadena. That's a great choice. And uh, that's now on the bucket list. I want to visit Pasadena and go check out Van Halen stage. That's right. Yeah. I haven't been to California in some time and I definitely haven't been to Pasadena, but now I have a reason. Now I have a big <laughs> reason. And now I wonder uh, how coveted that stage is going to become, you know, I wonder if it's going to have uh, a new legacy just with the name change. Uh, I imagine groups, different bands and acts going, uh, if, we, if we hit up California, we got to go to Pasadena. We got to play the Van Halen stage. It's like, it's going to be a big deal. Uh, you have, you have your whiskey, a go-go, and now you've got your uh, <laughs> Van Halen stage. I know two different cities, but you get what I'm saying. Legacy stages. And, and Van I, Halen uh, uh, landmarks, right? Like yeah, they, exactly. They, exactly. Yeah. You can even throw Kazaris in there too, because that's where they were playing before they got the whiskey. So in kind of the oh, progression sure. of Van Halen, it was backyards in Pasadena and, and then like Kazaris and then the whiskey. And then they became the Van Halen. We all know and love. Of course. Yeah. So be on the lookout, you guys uh, be on the, uh, on the, <laughs> on the up and up on uh, playing the Van Halen stage. Cause it's coming at you. I, I, I can't wait to see a show there. Um, it would be cool to play a show there. Maybe one day, who knows what the future will bring. Uh, the only thing that, uh, the, the only thing that we know that knows what the future will bring is the wheel. That's right. The wheel for the show. We spin the wheel and the wheel determines what song we will cover in the Van Halen catalog. We never do this ahead of time. We never know. Uh, again, if you're new to the show, this, this is what the show is. We spin the wheel. The wheel has every single track of Van Halen uh, in the studio um, with the exception of the instrumental tracks, but we usually cover those if it ties into the song we land on, but we just talk about the song and uh, that's, that's the show. So if you, uh, if you wonder how we do this show, that's how we do it. We don't, we don't have any preconceived notions of what song we're going to cover. It's all up to fate. It's all up to the gods, the rock gods, or 
in this game, it's really up to the wheel. And sometimes the wheel is kind. Sometimes the wheel is, I won't say unkind. I'll just say sometimes the wheel is funny. That's uh, <laughs> the, the best word to describe it. Corey, do you have a particular uh, track or maybe album that you want to try and manifest for this week? I, I do. And it's only because I'm almost finished Van Halen Rising again. And the, uh, Greg Renoff just covered the period where they recorded Van Halen 1. And he, they go into great detail of how they did it. Like, you know, on day one, they cut these four tracks. On day two, they cut the rest of the tracks. And then it was like overdubs, little things like that. And at the end of two weeks, Van Halen 1 was done. And, you know, at a time where rumors by Fleetwood Mac was months and months overdue and cost, you know, like 400 grand or whatever it was, Van Halen 1 cost $54,000. Like it, it was next <laughs> to nothing. And, and it's become this iconic debut album. One of the greatest, if not the greatest, debut album of all time so uh, i'm kind of, we only got two tracks so far from van halen one uh, I, i'm really kind of jonesing from something from that album what do you think mark i mean that's that's kind of the quintessential album i mean that's not only is it literally the album that started it all it's really the album i can think of that started it for you know my fandom per se even though i was listening to other songs that they did growing up because you know i'm it, I am of a certain age and at at the point to where I was coming up, they had already been well-established, but in my journey through rock and through uh, their catalog, most of the songs that I identify, most of the songs that I got into the most came from Van Halen one and then subsequently Van Halen two. So I look at both of those albums as albums as just one giant long album, as far as I'm concerned, because they fit, they fit so well. I would not be angry at some Van Halen one stuff. So maybe the wheel will be kind. I, I I'm going to, I'm going to help uh, try and manifest that for you, Corey, because there are some, some bangers, of course, as we know, some hits on that album, we have not, we haven't covered yet. So I would love, I would love to hear them. Yeah. I think and I, I agree I think with you. It. I agree with you. When you say Van Halen too, it feels very much like almost like a, a double uh, side, like a double album with Van Halen, mm -hmm. because a lot of those songs they had, uh, in the hopper, they just kind of put, you know, this half on Van Halen one and the other half on Van Halen two. So they're very much uh, closely connected in that regard. They feel like it. They feel like uh, an, one or two feels like an extension of one. Not that they're copying the same formula. It's just, no, this is the formula. Here you go. Uh, Van Halen two to me sounds like we didn't have enough time or money to put these songs on our first album. So here you go. Here it is. We, we had these ready to just like, you know, bang out. Um, and again, not mad at it. So let's see if the wheel wants to be kind and give us some Van Halen one goodness. You know, she hasn't listened to us yet. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the, the wheel hasn't listened to us yet, but uh, we've been on a pretty good run. Even the songs that we were kind of, you know, we were still positive on, but maybe lower mm -hmm. positive, like not enough from balance. We're, we're still, you know, yeah. what dreams were made of, but we, we haven't had one that we downvoted here in a long time. So uh, it kind of worries me when we get to one of those, but I don't know. I'm That's feeling true. good tonight. We are going to go here. We're going to hit shuffle a few times, like mixing that mm -hmm. order up here. And then we're going to take it to Sammy Hager. Here we go! coming down to oh it's a dame track but it's not from van halen one me wise magic it's me wise magic oh we almost had fire in the hole and uh and mm -hmm. one of our uh, our newer listeners on the show is dying to get a van halen three song because he wants to rip you a new one he's a big fan of carrie sharoni oh, that album well and i thought well <laughs> and i thought we're so close to it but instead we get me wise magic from best of volume one mark this is kind of a landmark album for you it is. This is this is kind of the album that really solidified my fandom for Van Halen. This was also the album that I, I've notably talked about. This is the one that inspired me to pick up guitar and learn how to play. I knew it was an unattainable goal to learn to play like Eddie himself. That's fine. I, I was totally fine with it. I said, but I, I at least want to play efficient enough to where um, 
I can be taken seriously as a guitar player. And this was the album that did it. So naturally, this song is very much in my wheelhouse because uh, it was very much featured on Best Of. And I, you know, I played that whole album to death. So I'm very familiar with this track. Uh, yourself? Oh, very much so. Uh, and this was such, this was recorded in such a weird time for Van Halen because Van Halen and Sammy were pretty much on the outs. They'd done the, the song for Twister, uh, Humans Being. Uh, and, and then Sammy was kind of out and they started working with Dave on new material. And uh, this is one of the, the two Dave songs that were on this album. The other one being uh, Can't Get This Stuff No More. Um, Me Wise Magic was released as a single on November 20th. Um, produced by Glenn Ballard, who uh, fans might remember, uh, co-wrote and produced uh, Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill. Oh, great album. Oh, and uh, a classic album, but, uh, uh, you know, Glenn Ballard working with Van Halen at this era kind of seems like a natural fit, doesn't it? Ah. Uh... I don't know about natural, but it definitely it's, it speaks more to his uh, um, his his dynamic as a producer and as a songwriter that he uh, that he'd be able to go from one extreme to the next. Um, and that's not even to say that Alanis and Van Halen are completely opposite of the spectrum because they're not, but they're not the same whatsoever. You know, Alanis, that album is definitely of its time hell it helped define the era i would i would argue whereas van halen uh you know during that time i mean but they were already van halen they already had their formula they already had their sound they, they're well established so yeah it's it's very uh an interesting sort of dynamic between the two and you know uh you, you had talked earlier mark about how we don't do any prep leading into this thing and one of the the biggest complaints from people who hate us is it sounds like we don't know what the fuck we're talking about. It's because we don't do any prep and we didn't do any prep for this. Um, you know, we, we no. just kind of fired up and let it go. But um, uh, just uh, a, a couple of tidbits, and I'm sure people will correct me if I'm wrong, but um, I, I know, I, I think Eddie had called this uh, uh, the nickname for the demo that this song was based on the three faces of Seamus because it has three different, three sections that with, with completely different vibes happening. Mm -hmm. uh, so I remember that and I remember, I think Glenn Ballard wrote the initial lyrics, but then David Lee Roth had to kind of rewrite them uh, in his own voice, which <laughs> David Lee Roth is a tremendous lyricist. So, uh, you know, that, that doesn't surprise me at all, but um, um, yeah, such a weird time. Like I know they, they kind of reached out to Dave and said, Hey, we're doing a greatest hits. And, and he kind of, you know, he wanted some input because a lot of those tracks would be coming from his era in the band. And that kind of led to um the, the record company kind of reaching out to Dave saying, Hey, we might have an opportunity here to get you on a couple of tracks. And, uh, you know, there was that whole thing that happened. Uh, we know, is Dave permanently joining the band at this point? And, uh, there was that whole issue with the, um, uh, at MTV or at the Grammys or whatever it was, I think it was MTV where Roth came out and the, with, with the other guys in the band and kind of alluded to, uh, maybe a little bit of a, of a reunion. And that pissed Eddie off to the point where, uh, David was booted out of the band again. I believe it was MTV because I think uh, I remember seeing like a special about that, um, like one of those TV specials where they do retrospects of like these funny things that happened in rock music, whatever is like, here's one <laughs> where Dave, Dave alludes to a reunion and Eddie's like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, yeah, I believe it was MTV, like one of the award shows, perhaps. So, yeah, that was actually uh, in September uh, 1996 when uh, David Lee Roth joined the, the Van Halen brothers and Michael Anthony on stage um, to present an award, I think it was at the MTV video music awards. Um, and then the, that pissed off Eddie so bad that um, any kind of reunion with David Lee Roth was suddenly off the table and they ended up going to Gary Sharon. So the, you know, really, really interesting era in Van Halen history. <laughs> and upon hindsight, do we ask, was that the right move or what? Yeah. Who knows the answers to these questions? You know, it's just, <laughs> it, it happened. That's that's all we could take away from it, is that it doesn't matter if it was the right move. It was just the move that happened. So we uh, we take that for what it's worth. But um, what do you say we fire up Me Wise Magic? Absolutely. This is uh, Me Wise Magic off of Best Of, Volume 1 from 1996. <laughs>
All right. What do you think? I I love that ramp up, right? You start off with just a a nice little guitar part and then it just slowly gets Mm -hmm. darker and gets darker and gets darker and gets heavier. And and then you're going to get this big explosion here coming off. That's just kind of classic Van Halen. Of course. Yeah. They have to, they have to build it up dramatically um, every once in a while. Uh, I'm reminded that uh, back in the day when uh, we, we, people would used to, used to go to, uh, you know, places like Sam Ash music or guitar center, and uh, you wanted to try out a new guitar, you have to have uh, you have to have some riffs in your arsenal that you can play. So you can, you know, for one reason, you want to play some songs just to get uh, the particular sound that you're looking for out of a particular guitar or maybe the amp. Um, but also, let's just face facts. You're doing it also because you know you're just showing off in front of people. It's like, oh, listen to what I could do on this guitar. <laughs> da, da, da. And I'm reminded that at one point, Years ago, I think uh, I did know this opening riff, or maybe I did like a variation of it because I didn't know it perfectly, but I knew it enough to where surely people will recognize this is me wise magic, or maybe they won't. Who cares? Um, and I used to, this was one of my little uh, riff arsenals that I would uh, bust out if I was out in public playing like a, a new guitar just to play a simple riff or whatever, just to get the, uh, just get the feel of, what the amp was going to sound like or the guitar. So yeah, I'm just suddenly just hit with this wave of nostalgia just now. Um, but I love, I've always loved this opener. It's just, it's so good. All right. Again, you got Dave, and, and you know he he knows not 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 to reach too high, right? He's nice and low at his register, kind of fitting the tone of the song. But this is very much lyrically kind of a song about uh, I don't know how you explain it, kind of like religious belief and superstition, kind of isn't it? A little bit. Um, it's also I just I have to point out this is if you're listening to this album. Uh, the whole second half is all Sammy tunes, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, if you if you happen to just skip over uh, uh, Can't Get This Stuff No More and you go straight into Me Wise Magic there, um, suddenly, wait, you, you might be in the middle of thinking like, oh, this must be another Sammy tune. And then here's Dave. You're like, well, that's not what's happening right now. And he's not even singing uh, the way he normally does. He's throwing you off with his little l- lower register. So if you're in the middle of uh, hearing what you think is a round of Sammy tunes, all of a sudden, boom, there, there's Dave and his lower register. And they used to always trip me up like, what the hell am I hearing right now? And it took me forever to realize, oh, wait, that is Dave. And, and, I, just, and did, I had to point that out. Well, absolutely. And you, you equate Dave to kind of the, the fun party rock stuff. I know he's definitely had some heavier stuff in the catalog. But mm. uh, overall, I think if you're a casual fan of Van Halen and you're listening to songs like dance the night away or, or jump or, or Panama, right? They're, they're fun kind of party type songs. And here you're getting this yeah. very deep. I know what you're thinking. Like it's very kind of, kind of dark. And uh, I, I kind of dig this, this direction for uh, Van Halen with David Lee Roth. He's definitely uh, going for, uh, he, he's going for something a little bit deeper in this one, for sure. Uh, it's, it's not just on the surface uh, sort of content as we're used to hearing from Dave, like, as you say, in the party rock sort of atmosphere. No, in this one, he actually is, he, he's, dare I say, he's kind of going for some uh, some more of like kind of deep Sammy Hagar type uh, lyric, or maybe not, maybe that's a bit of a stretch, but I'm just saying he is, he's going, he's reaching out, he's reaching for something uh, a little bit more than what we're used to hearing. So I think uh, that's impressive. I'm going to take you to task on that because Sammy doesn't write about anything deep. Uh, Sammy writes about bullshit. I, I I would. <laughs> why can't this be love, man? Pound cake. <laughs> okay, well I'll give you a pound cake, but Up for hey, breakfast. Well, you know what? We'll we'll get there when we get there. All right, let's just let's just do that. And I'm love, gonna eat my words. Love later. walks it's in fine. is about his alien abduction. For Christ's sake, Mark. <laughs> but when it's love, is about just it's about love, man. 
I get it. If you're a ballad guy, that's probably the best one they've done. And lyrically, it's probably his best one with Van Halen. But um, God, as a lyricist, uh, to me, it's night and day. I don't think Sammy Hagar holds a candle to David Lee Roth. It, it, it's to me, it's the same separation between Sammy's a vocalist and Dave is a vocalist. Like they're night and day. Sammy's tremendous. Dave is Dave. Good, not great. Uh, Sammy, lyricist, good, not great. Dave, transcendent. I mean, that's uh, that, that could be a, a further debate, and I'm sure we'll keep having it as the show <laughs> rolls on. But, uh, you know, that's fine. It's cool. I can't wait till we get to some more Sammy Stinkers, like Inside. Remember that one? You weren't a fan of those lyrics, were you? No, I wasn't. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I love that. You get the, the Mike Lanthony led high harmony. Do you believe mm -hmm. with Dave coming in with, don't you trust me? Me wise magic. And you know, I never understood the lyrics to me wise magic when I was first listening to the song back in 96, mm -hmm. but you know, with a little more context, being an older fella as I am right now, reaching to the feet of God, looking for a sign, like it's very much religious belief. And, and so me wise magic makes more sense to me now listening to it. Yeah. Me wise magic owl baby, you know. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, owl baby, oh, owl baby, owl baby. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, I thought it was that... an owl. All right, trying to read the lyrics at the same time because I it, it occurs to me, um, I had forgotten exactly what the lyrics were because it's been a while since I've listened to this, but uh, yeah, um, you're right, it is. It's very like I said, he's he's actually saying something uh coherent and he's he has uh something that he's actually trying to get across and this is yeah very very much of the uh religious variety was this during a time where uh did, did dave go through like a uh, sort of like a spiritual crisis at some point you know i i gotta read crazy from the heat and find out i don't know much about dave during this period uh, other than i liked you know a lot of his solo tunes but after i'm finished with greg renoff's book i'm digging into crazy from the heat so Hopefully he'll give us a little insight into uh, his mindset uh, into this time, maybe, but yeah, or maybe he wasn't. Uh, but yeah, like maybe he just had like some sort of like uh, uh, clarity or like spiritual sort of awakening. Not necessarily going full religion, but uh, you know, because this the song does seem like it has a bit of a spiritual context to it. Um, I mean, he talks about Zen and, you know, mm -hmm. he said a Buddhist riff for your inner ear later in the song. And so, yeah, I, I wonder, I wonder if maybe that's what he was going for in this one. It sort certainly sounds like it. Absolutely. And, and I just want to throw this out here because Glenn Ballard wrote the original lyrics. It's a very David Lee Roth thing to do, isn't it? To take the guy who co-wrote Jagged <laughs> Little Pill, one of the biggest albums of all time, and throw his lyrics out and say, nope. I'm going to put my own spin on it. I'm David fucking Lee Roth. <laughs> no, nah, it needs a little bit more Roth, man. Needs yeah. a little bit more Roth. Like it needs a little bit more me wise magic. Maybe and that's why it's called that. In fairness, I'm sure it was just kind of like temp lyrics or like, like nothing really set in stone. But if I was yeah. presented a song from Glenn Ballard in 96 after Jagged Little Pill, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna record it. this. Yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. change a word. <laughs> it's like, it's like I might, I might not like fully agree with the context, but it's like, mm, it's still, it's good enough to record. We're doing it. Here you go. Yeah. And and for people who don't remember, 95, 96, Jagged Little Pill was probably the biggest album on the planet, and in a very, very long time, like that thing was a monster. If you ever know a single Alanis Morissette song, chances are you're remembering one from the album Jagged Little Pill. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Fun fact, I'm related to her. Are you really? She's my eighth cousin. And even though uh, I'm Corey Morissette, she's Alanis Morissette, and we spell our last names differently. Mm -hmm. the, she dropped an R. And my grandpa tells me uh, that the Eastern Morissettes were too stupid to spell the last name correctly, so they always misspelled it with only one R. And so that's why the last names don't match up, but it I guess technically we are related. So Alanis, uh, if you're listening... Uh, buddy, I could use a loan. Like, come on, help some family out here. Like Mark and I are doing this for free. 
Uh, we're not getting any sponsorship dollars here. Uh, you can send a couple grand my way. I'd sure appreciate it. Uh, same tale as old as time, East side and West side, always duking it out. <laughs> All right, let's keep rolling. Do you like how, how Dave's doing those verses there? Like, don't you trust me? Like, really low and almost kind of speaking it there? If I'm being uh, completely honest, no. Because it just doesn't feel like... I, I, I think I get why, or at least I think I get why he's doing it. But it's not really giving me uh, the sense of Dave. Like, When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Like I said, when I was listening to it when I was a, a, a kid, uh, I didn't know that was him until it, he came through uh, to the uh, in the chorus. And even then, when I was listening to it, going like, "I who is this person? It's not Sammy. Who is this person trying to sound like Dave?" And like I would find out later, it's like, "No, that was Dave. You dummy!" And it's like, "Oh, okay, cool. Well, why did he sound so weird in that song?" <laughs> but you know. You gotta you gotta change it up every once in a while, otherwise you're just gonna sound stale. So I I think I get why he's doing it. Maybe uh, as we as you mentioned, like maybe uh, because this song uh, was going a certain way at one point, maybe they just felt like ah, just keep it uh, keep keep the tones this way, and we'll uh, we'll worry about it the rest of it in the in post or something. I don't know. I have a theory. I'm going to speculate here and probably piss off some some people, but there, there's very religious connotation to these lyrics, right? So it's almost like mm -hmm. he, he's playing a character. Like the narrator of the song is very much like, uh, don't you trust me? I feel you're green. I know what you need. That, that almost sounds like kind of a religious charlatan, like these guys who get on TV and say, you know, Jesus commands that you give me $20 billion so I can buy a new airplane. You know, guys like that almost a Jesus he knows me type from like the Genesis song. I, I think maybe this is just the narrator of the song being very dark and being, I know what you need. Don't you trust me? Kind of, kind of vibe. You know what? I think you're right. Um, the more I'm looking into it and the more I, I hear it and listen to your perspective on, it, I think, I think maybe you're onto something with that one. So yeah. Okay. I guarantee you, if I'm wrong, someone's going to tell me. Someone's going to tell you. It's just like, you didn't read the uh, 17th yeah. book where they dive into this song specifically. <laughs> it's called Me Wise Magic, the book. Yeah. Like, no, we must have missed that one. <laughs> Do your fucking research. Well, we we're don't. Not historians, we, dude. We're not we historians. We forgot to mention we're not historians. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we pulled this off of a fucking little computerized wheel. And actually, some guy today on Twitter is like, I'm, I, I thought for all this time it was an actual wheel on your wall. I'm like, no, but that's cool. We should have maybe built a giant wheel. And, and put all the songs on there, but that's no. going to be in your background now, or maybe mine. Maybe I think we we have the supplies. I could make a wheel. There you go. You got room there, Mark. There you go. <laughs> all right, let's keep going. we 
see through my eyes again. I think it's the narrator of the song, right? Lyrically, it's kind of leading down that road. But all I keep thinking is if I'm listening to 96 and, and, and I'm a big Van Halen fan, and all of a sudden Dave's back and this is what they're pumping out, I'm excited. Cook, cook, cookie. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and I, it might be hard to, to hear in the mix, but uh, underneath the, uh, the background vocals and everything that Dave is doing up front, uh, Eddie is throwing some, some fire in the riffs uh, underneath everything. Um, it, it may be hard to hear, like I say, because he's not really uh, focused on the uh, rhythm. The rhythm section is at the forefront, but if you listen closely, you can hear him sort of kind of go off just a little bit, give you like a little bit of a tease, something that Eddie tends to do from time to time before he rips into like a really heavy solo. Um, he, he'll play the main riff, but then he'll throw a little ornamentation as well as to, you know, just to give it a little bit of extra flavor. And there's a lot of extra flavor happening if you really listen to this uh, chorus underneath uh, the rhythm section. Just want to throw that out there. Well, thanks for bringing that up because I was I was so focused on Dave uh, and right, the lyrics right. of the song and, and kind of digging the groove that I wasn't really listening to the band so much. So fortunately, this is a really long song. It's over six minutes. So uh, we have 323 left to go. So I have ample opportunity to check out the band here. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll happen again. I don't mean to stop it again so soon, but a little Zen headed your way. You'll get it halfway down the interstate. Four days from now, it all blows clear. A Buddhist rift for your inner ear. I, I love that. That, that, that. That's just a great lyricist doing a fantastic job. I didn't realize Leonard Cohen did best vocals <laughs> on this song. It is kind of Leonard Cohen inspired, isn't it? <laughs> just just in the ter- the way he's uh it seems like he's going for with that real low <laughs> register uh, hey, it's working least, for me anyway. yeah that, that's the vibe i got it's like <laughs> oh okay okay I, I see what you're doing dave okay there's a missed opportunity van halen three you should have maybe been leonard cohen uh oh, with the band man that would have been <laughs> that would have been something i i guarantee you no one would have liked it but i i would have been like what a bold move man <laughs> man you want to talk lyrics uh, you get Leonard Cohen yeah. in your band writing shit for you, right? Like, holy uh, cow. Yeah, exactly. I, I saw you nodding there. What did you think of that uh, that solo section? I think that solo section is possibly here's a hot take, possibly one of Eddie's greatest solos that he's ever done. And unfortunately, the mix does not allow you to fully invest in it because it's kind of low. The guitar tones are kind of low. It's just it's just over. Uh, there's an overpowering uh, rhythm section. And that's not, I'm not knocking Alex and I'm not knocking Michael. I would never, but the mix of this recording, you can't really get the full scope of what he's doing unless you are just like really listening for it. Luckily I was really listening for it because I I had a feeling based on uh, my previous comment about the ornamentation and the riff he was playing and how it's like, you might not be able to hear it unless you listen closely. I worried that, when the solo came back in town. And again, I've, I've, I know this song, I've heard it before, but uh, I had forgotten that the mix sounded this way. So uh, he is, he's, he's modulating. He is using like all that entire fretboard is just his bitch basically. Um, but my problem is you can't really, you can't really decipher a lot of it because, the, because of the mix. I, I was going to comment on that. And I don't know. I, I thought maybe it was my headphones because usually Eddie is so mm-hmm. upfront on his solo, right? And whenever he does the rhythm underneath, it's underneath and, and it mm-hmm. complements the song. 
and I think of a song like Pound Cake, where he plays the rhythm underneath that, just that he's just playing the riff again, that underneath, but it's like at a perfect volume that the solo rides on top of it perfectly. And here you're right. They were kind of competing against each other. And uh, I, I thought that that was kind of weird. I thought it was maybe my headphones here. I'm only using, you know, these little skull candy uh, headphones they are not great by any right. means. So I thought, uh, well, we'll see if Mark maybe picked up on that too. Nope, and it turns out you did. It's, it's the mix. Yeah. Interesting. And again, the guy producing this uh, record produced Jagged Little Pill. So he knows what he's doing. Maybe it's a sometimes producers when they're working in a maybe not like their home studio or maybe uh, something of that nature uh, sometimes can affect the product sometimes. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if that's the case here. Have you recorded in a studio? Would that be a case? Because I imagine they recorded this at 5150. I mean, uh, I have not, I haven't done like extensive recordings, like full EPs or anything like that, but I can tell you, I have listened to, uh, guys who are, um, notable producers, uh, and when they are not in their home studio, it doesn't matter who they're recording. The, uh, the difference in the sound quality definitely shows, um, and I don't know, maybe that, that has something to do with it. Maybe it's just, they're not using their their home base so maybe it has something i don't know it's that's that would definitely be a, a technical question for the producers out there you guys ch- please chime in if you're listening producers uh does does the home base versus not home base have uh anything to do with some of the recording quality in the mix i would be very interested in that answer because mm. you, you hear different things like i know a lot of guys you know go to little rock in vancouver especially in this period 80s 90s that was a big studio, but I think back to a band like ACDC who went to Hawaii to record Back in Black, and they had a miserable time there because uh, you listen to Brian Johnson, and oh, there was bugs everywhere, and the heat was awful, and the studio was a dump, and all they did was record the most successful rock album of all time. So yeah, and it sounds great too. It's it still sounds great. So yeah, it's like that's inch. I didn't know that story. So that's that's very interesting that they would. But I mean, look, it happens that way sometimes. Sometimes uh, bands will go into the studio thinking and they're having a great time, and they they think what they're pumping out is something great until they hear the final product and it's like that's not exactly what we had in mind. But all right, it's weird. And, and going back to ACDC, like you know, they were in Hawaii, so after recording, you know, they hit the beach and drank all night, like they had the time of their mm-hmm. life. But it, it, you know, it wasn't you know, uh, Electric Lady Studios in New York or, or Little Rock in Vancouver, kind of these legendary uh, studios that that people gravitate to, or uh, Sound City uh, back in LA, uh, yeah. those, those kind of things. So, all right, we still got two twenty six marks, so uh, let's keep it rolling.
you want to talk about extended outro they started ending the song at the two minute mark <laughs> and just <laughs> wow a big denouement uh on me wise magic uh mark your, your thoughts on the end of the track there yeah um well, I'm always happy to hear the uh, the opening riff come back. Uh, that was a nice little callback, mm-hmm. and then to end to end the song with it, I think was probably the right call. But you're right; it didn't uh, it didn't dawn on me until um, we started going through that and go, "Oh no, this one's like this one's really long." And I think I remember why. And there it was. It's just <laughs> it's like this long, long outro. Oh, that was crazy! They were starting to wrap it up at the two minute mark, and then. Yeah, and for two minutes, and you can even hear it kind of winding down and winding down. I'm like, this is the longest fade out in history. But they did throw a couple <laughs> other things in there. But yeah, maybe yeah. it didn't have to be uh, six oh nine in length. They, they could have maybe shaved a minute thirty off of that. Pretty easy, I think. Probably so, but you know, it's it's Van Halen. They're going to do what they want. If they want it to go as long as that long or longer, they're going to make it happen. You're exactly right. So, Mark Kamier, Me Wise Magic from 1996. Best of volume one. What are you thinking? Is, uh, are we dreaming another dream? Is this dream over or is this what dreams are made of? Well, I know it's been a while since we've heard that, uh, particular, uh, track, um, in terms of the dream is over, but look, I'm just going to be transparent with you guys. This is not by any shot my favorite Van Halen song is nowhere near. Um, This is one of the tracks that frankly, when I would jam this album, the best of album, uh, I would, uh, I would pass over because it's way too long, you know, and, and, and I'm not against long Van Halen songs as long as they're intriguing. And I guess that's just the problem. This one just never held my attention, whether it's because it's uh, the, the mix sounds the way it does, or because to me, it just didn't feel, I don't know what the decision was with David Lee Roth uh, with the vocal style. I have to commend him though, for trying something different because it's definitely different from what we would normally hear from a David Lee Roth song. I can say that now being, you know, older and wiser. Um, whereas when I'm a kid listening to it, I go like, that's not my Van Halen to hell with it. Uh, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm just going to say it's not necessarily the song or, uh, or one of many songs that I would classify as, uh, you know, oh, that's a great David Lee Roth-led Van Halen tune. And the fact that I'm now remembering uh, the mix, especially during Eddie's solo, which I still will maintain, that that solo is one of, I think, his best. And you just can't feel the full effect of it because the mix just is not so good. And that really kills the song for me on top of the fact that you're right, Corey, this did not need to be a six minute song. Um, I'm not crazy about David Lee Roth's uh, Leonard Cohen impression that he's doing in this song. Um, I'm sorry, Dave, if that's not what you were really going for, but that's how it came across. And again, kudos for trying something different, but for me, it just didn't work. And thus, Me Wise Magic, uh, as familiar as I am with it and as much as I love the album that it, uh, you find it on, this is where the dream is over for me uh, in terms of how this song goes. That's, that is just my, my perspective. Um, but Corey, the true question is, is the dream over for you or is Me Wise Magic truly the magical dream? I think you're on crack. Uh, I don't know if you hit your head at some point this week, but you're just so far out to lunch. It's not even funny. I love this song. Everything about this worked for me. Yeah. It's maybe a little too long. And yeah, maybe the mix is a little wonky on the solo section, but the band sounds great. Michael Anthony's hitting those high harmonies. Fantastic. Dave is in his wheelhouse and he's telling a story. We have a narrator here telling a story lyrically, which we don't get. And a lot of early Van Halen, you know, you know, their songs are about fucking or drinking or partying and all that kind of stuff. And that's great. We're, we're, we're talking about religion and we're talking about belief and superstition and, you know, God and, and all this other stuff. And, you know, they're, 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 he, David is a great lyricist and he's able to, to ride that line, I think, uh, between headier subjects and, and party stuff. 
and he does it here. And I like the Leonard Cohen impersonation because that's in his wheelhouse. If he started singing like Freddie Mercury, that's when his vocal stylings fall apart for me because he he just can't do it. But this is in his wheelhouse. And so it was working for me. I love Me Wise Magic. This is one of my favorite tracks uh, out of the three. And I'm really kind of a fan of all of them. Uh, I don't want to tip my hand on the other two so much, but you know, I do not skip me wise magic when it comes up on shuffle or when I was playing the, the album or the CD, because uh, to me, this is a really, really solid song. And like I said, if it was 96 and I was a fan of Van Halen and they're going back to Dave and this is what they were going to pump out. I would be 100% in favor of it. Uh, love this song. Love, love, love this song. Were you hit on the head? At some point this week, did, did Christy just uh, up and whack you for some reason and and, and not knock something loose up there? My getting hit on the head has nothing to do with it. Um, <laughs> but uh, look, there's a, there's a lot to love about this song. As I said, I that opening and also closing riff uh, of Eddie picking away that I love that. That's absolutely something great. Again, his solo is one of the best solos I think he's ever done. I just I just wish it had been brought out more um i wish the song had been the this song felt like a frankenstein's monster of like two different songs put together almost three. uh that but like yeah, i said okay, eddie, well, eddie mentioned there was like three so, so yeah absolutely it was kind of pieced together so i think maybe a lot of that has to do with it as well not to say that uh, they didn't find a way to blend them because, you know, obviously they did. Otherwise, this would just be incoherent nonsense. And it's not that. So I'm not going to call the song incoherent nonsense. Um, uh, I would not put this in the worst of category. Not really. I don't think it, that depends on how long how long that list might go. But if, if it were to go there, it would be near the top where it's like it's not the worst it's just if we have only so so much room we we have to put this over here somewhere sure um but again just on the whole for me it just kind of doesn't work um and it never fully fully worked on the whole as well and maybe i am maybe i am crazy maybe i am wrong uh, it wouldn't be the first time, and you know we we do have people who love to remind us of how how wrong we are. Um, and if you guys out there want to let us know how wrong we are, I say we, how wrong I am about this song, please do let us know. Uh, you can hit us up on our Twitter at Podcast Will Rock. Hell, go to the website. And the podcast will rock.com where all of our shows are posted there. Merch is posted there. When we have news, we'll post that there, but go to the Twitter. You know, we always put up a rock and poll as I call it. And I'm sure this question will be brought up as to whether uh, me wise magic is what dreams are made of, or is it over? And I'd be very curious to hear the feedback from that. Um, but please do hit us up uh, on Twitter get with us uh let us know how you feel Corey. if they want to reach you directly where can they find you they can find me on twitter and instagram at cd morset and you mentioned the poll and i i'm very curious to hear how this poll is going to be because we're split is the audience going to be split on this one too mm. how do you think they voted on last week's song afu from ou812 i mean i'm going to assume uh the the higher percentage because uh, it i only saw it just briefly so as far as where we're at right now um i'm going to assume afu probably got the overall positive but i know a, a large percentage was going no and i suspect the cult of mariano has something to do with that and it's growing actually uh 74 percent in favor uh what dreams are made of 26 percent uh, this dream is over. Yeah. I know we had some fans say, I get it. You know, this isn't the best Sammy track. This isn't the best Sammy album. Uh, both those things are true. Uh, mm -hmm. But still, 7426 is one of the bigger swings that we've had uh, lately anyway, since we started really uh, promoting the polls. So that's yeah. interesting. I'm really curious to hear or to see uh, what, what kind of split we get on Me Wise Magic. Are they Team Corey in that this song rocks? Or are they Team Mark in that this song sucks? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dying <laughs> to know. It's uh yeah it's it's finally happened uh, once again. It's very rare, uh, at least in the shows that we've done, where it's a uh, team Corey, team Mark. Because normally Corey and I are pretty uh we're, we're pretty on on par with how we feel about certain tracks. But every once in a while we get a split, 
and here we are yet again. So are you going to, uh, are you going to go in favor with me and say, it's like, it's, it's not a great song. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not what the dreams are made of, or will you follow the cult of Mariano and just say like, Oh, it's absolutely the best just to be a contrarian. Um, <laughs> And no offense to Team Corey, uh, but <laughs> so, it's a but, very uh, small team. I can tell you that. But I do want to shout out a, a few of our, our our Twitter fans, and I actually yes uh, need to apologize to one of them uh, because I've been mispronouncing his name this entire time. Oh. Um, yeah, um, Brian uh, Peterkin. Uh, I've been saying his name wrong, and I apologize for that, Brian. Uh, he's a fellow Canuck from Ottawa, loves CFL football, uh, big fan of Van Halen, uh, likes to comment on the show. And I want to shout him out uh, because uh, he's such a fantastic guy, uh, as well as guys like uh, Joel Scott Zerns. Uh, I want to I want to throw this. Tom Armbruster uh, actually has reached out, wants to be on the show. We're going to get him on as soon as we can. Mark Fuller uh, is the guy who wrote and said uh, this whole time he thought it was an actual wheel uh, on the wall. Uh, <laughs> you know, hate to disappoint you, Mark, but no, it, it's a virtual wheel. Um, but we have a lot of people that um, Keith McCoy who wrote a, a book on stampede wrestling, which I've ordered. I had to order it from mm. England because I couldn't find it in North America, but I can't All wait right. to read that. He wants to be on the show. I can't wait to get Heath on there. Uh, Michael green uh, is the fellow who wants to bust your balls over uh, uh, Gary Sharon and, and Van Halen three. So I can't wait for that. Whenever we, oh, we roll a, a Van Halen three song. Uh, so <laughs> Sorry, we, got a lot Michael, of, we ran out of time. <laughs> we got a lot of great uh, people uh, listening to the show and I, I just want to shout them out. And of course, shout out the fine folks on the deep dive podcasting network, because uh, so many great shows are going on that network right now. Uh, you can check all the links uh, on our website and uh, just uh, search for the deep dive podcasting network on Twitter. Uh, you can get all these great shows like the uh, Skinner reconsidered and the deep purple podcast and the, the Uriah heat podcast and the uh, metal gods and, and, and all these great, great, great shows. They're doing a lot of cross promotion and pretty soon uh, starting in June, I think we're going to start, um, cross promoting with them as well. We got a lot of those guys coming on and uh, Sean geek and fast fret. There's another podcast that I would highly recommend. They just recorded a show with uh, Eric Senich from the Van Halen news desk about 5150, which I nice. can't wait for. It hasn't dropped yet as we're recording this, but it's going to very soon. And, and I can't wait. Cause Eric is, is a great guest on their show. And he's going to be a guest on our show on our 25th, our 25th extravaganza. Eric Senich yes. from the Van Halen News Desk will be here, and I, I cannot wait. We will finally have an actual historian and expert, so you guys can just, like, stop busting our balls about <laughs> it. And it's like, okay, cool. We'll have Eric on. Eric can correct all of our mistakes. And, and they're numerous, and I, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I can't wait until the show drops on a Friday, and by Saturday I'm going to get, here's all the shit you got wrong. It's like, I I'm mean, sure that's... we did. I'm sure we did. And I'm sorry if that's the podcast you're looking for, but all these people that leave positive comments, the ones I mentioned and the hundreds other that, that haven't, or that I forgot to mention tonight, they're, they're just going on this ride with us and rediscovering yes. the discography of this amazing band. And, and that's what I dig. That, that's what I love. And for all those people, God bless you. Thank you for listening. And thank you for following along. And if you're looking for, you know, facts and <laughs> in particular, if you're looking for, Two people that get shit right, you're on the wrong show. <laughs> it's like that's you're, we're not here for that. We're here yeah, for no, just, uh, just that's not our job, fans. No, no, it's not. You know, uh, we we didn't sign up to be historians. You know, that would be cool, but that's not what we're doing. We're just here for the fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I can't wait for Saturday when people keep uh, uh, people type in and send messages about uh, what we got wrong. It's like here's the true meaning of me wise magic. <laughs> it's like you idiots. Like thank yeah. you. Yes. And when you do that, please uh, uh, tweet at us at CD Morissette. That's uh, that's where we we oh, all no. read it. No, no, um, no. If you got complaints, <laughs> uh, send it to at uh, John Mariano NY. Let him know <laughs> because he needs more action on Twitter. Um, he's the one that that cult is growing. I swear to God. That's, yeah, actually, I yeah, I take it back. Send your complaints to uh, at John Mariano NY. Uh, he will happily uh d listen to your complaints and he will help you get through them um that's that's what he's there for uh and he does need the uh the the extra traffic but if you want to leave some nice stuff 
yeah. no complaints or just to let us know that we're doing a, a good job and you're right there with us first of all thank you and hit us up at mark the bat that's me on twitter and instagrams at cd morissette that's Corey. uh we're there and once again at podcast will rock on twitter that's where you can find us and you can always find us on the website as well find your merch leave us a comment leave us a message share share with your friends let them know what's going on because the world is full of van halen fans just like us most of them not historians either just fans and we appreciate you we are here for you that is what who this show is for we're here for you we are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later we'll be right back.